Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. Sitting as one Sangha, getting to know each other has been lovely. Sharing silence and right speech together. Finding your way into the posture that works for you whether on a chair or a cushion, or indeed you can lie down or stand up if you wanted to. Basically you need to be not too strained, relatively upright and relaxed, or lying down if you want to. space with the birds and the kangaroos and other animals. A beautiful Ozen session. Maybe the kangaroos and magpies are distant relatives. also with the ancestors, both of our own tradition and the ancestors of the Gambangia people. It feels like a special healing place. is that it's like not to be too comfortable. <laughs> Just to make sure life's not too easy and comfortable for you on the retreat. If you want comfort, you'll have to go to Byron Bay. So, relax into your posture into your breath. <clears throat> Feel the shoulders untensing, the belly untensing. Face relaxing, eyes relaxing, jaw relaxing. Feeling the sensations vibrating throughout the body. 
arriving at the now. Nowhere to go, no one special to be. participating in this one Buddha nature. The infinite variety of forms, colors and sounds and smells. As human beings, we only pick up a limited range of all those forms. We can enjoy the rainbows, the sound of the black lorikeets, gentle drip-drop falling of the rain. Not outside of us. Not separate from us. We are the sound of the black cockatoo. We are the rainbow. We are the rain. we are experiencing it. In its various forms. Not only are we the various forms, but we are the knowing of all those forms. The awareness of all those forms. Without knowing the forms, the forms would not be. previous meditation, guided meditation, we went through three particular phases or of meditation. The first one being focusing on an object, and the second one being segueing into focusing on more than one object through to open awareness or choiceless awareness. And um, as we're moving along that spectrum or continuum, there's a a sense in which we're moving from a subject-object duality to getting closer and closer to a non-duality. The distinction between the observer and the observed becomes more and more subtle, less pronounced. as it is in our everyday life when we're very much often 
fully in that dream of duality. So the third phase we touched on was the what um, we call the take the backward step, the, the Dogen phrase, turning ourselves around and <clears throat> rather than focusing on an object, we just allow ourselves to s- settle on the self, if you like, the little self settling on the big self or just resting attention in global awareness, just allowing that attention to sink deeper and deeper. Self-settling on self, just giving ourselves over totally to just sitting, just as Zazen. Yesterday we touched, you know, briefly on a koan as a also a form of meditation, where we asking a, a basic question. Where we become one with the question whether the method is mooing quietly to ourselves. Are just holding that question, who is hearing, who, or just holding that question, who am I? And just allowing that to release itself just gently um, with the out breath. Don't have to overly strain or focus holding the moo or the who with, at the same time, we're still aware of all the open awareness of the sounds and so on. So today I'm going to introduce you to the, the final kind of method, which comes perhaps more from the Avaita Vedanta tradition, but it's there in Buddhism as well. So, as I quoted yesterday from the um, Transmission of Light, the collection of koans of enlightenment stories, the Shakyamuni's (coughs) enlightenment story is when he looks up and sees the morning star. And as part of that story, from the transmission of light, like I quoted yesterday, it says, this so-called I is not Shakyamuni Buddha. Even Shakyamuni Buddha is born of this I. Certainly you, I, all beings, are born of this I. Charlotte Joko Beck, 
often quoted an expression from the Hebrew Bible, Be still, know I am. This is the same eye that gives birth to Shaki Muni Buddha and everything else. <coughs> this is the eye of I am. The be still is also a good teaching. Stillness, the silence of meditation is really allowing us to open up to this I am. Vaita Vedanta tradition, they often say things like, before you can discover who you are, you have to discover who you are not. And we have done a few guided meditations along those lines in Ozen over the past few months on the website. But basically, the verbal I am, such as I am. 66 years old, I am a man, I am a Zen teacher, I am a psychotherapist, I was born in England, I grew up in Manchester. This verbal I am uh, is not the I am. As we've discussed many times, expressions such as I am bad, I am good, I am hopeless, I am competent, gives us the illusory sense that there is an I that that's referring to. But the verbal I am is simply all, it, all, it, it is only a thought. It is only a verbal I am. And over time, emotions condense around it. So, for the history of many, many years, the complex layerings of thought and motion all around this nucleus of an illusory self, which people rise up to defend. of our practice is to see through this illusory self and pull it up by the roots. This is why 
awakening or realization is emphasized in Zen, not only in Zen. As we pull up that root of attachment to the illusory eye, we will continuously suffer the suffering of the illusory eye, which is what suffering is. It's the activity of the illusory self. So the Vaita practice, which is very similar in many ways to koan practice, is simply to be the non-verbal I am. Simply being. The non-verbal I am is not a thought, not an intention, not a memory, not a feeling, not any kind of form at all. It's a no thing, which is the portal, the doorway, into the big emptiness, the big mind. In the same way that move is the doorway, or who am I is a doorway, just simply staying with the I am is a doorway. Through the I am, you realize that you are nothing. This is the unborn Buddha mind. As we realize we are nothing, at the same time we realize that we are everything. Everything is arising and disappearing in the no-thing. And as you've said before, the expression of that realization is the path of the Sangha, the path of love, where we bring that realization into our everyday lives. We don't get stuck in nothingness. We engage in the world of duality. Knowing that duality is just an aspect of non-duality. One of the metaphors commonly found in the Advaita Vedanta, Vedanta tradition is that of the screen. In Zen, you sometimes find the screen being used. Uh, Shamir Suzuki uses it. In the more classical texts, you often find the image of the metaphor of the mirror. So the screen or the mirror is no-thingness, emptiness, awareness, consciousness. 
that which cannot be grasped, it's ungraspable. You can't see it, hear it, touch it, taste it. But everything that we can see, hear, touch and taste is appearing in it. But the screen is a nice metaphor because we're very accustomed in our culture to screens. <laughs> movie, movie screens, laptop screens, TV screens. And the, the metaphor is the, um, we get lost in the, the contents on the screen, the drama on the screen. And we forget that it's, we are the screen, not the drama. The screen, because it's there all the time, never has a beginning, never has an end, does not come and go. It's not seen. It's invisible. Because people are so caught up in the drama of the content. inseparable and indistinguishable from the screen. They're made up of the screen. <coughs> that is why a biter means not to. But when we're caught up in the drama, we're caught up in illusory duality because we are ignorant of the screen. Because the screen, or consciousness, or awareness, or emptiness, neither exists nor does not exist, it can't be classified under traditional notions of permanence or impermanence. It is neither permanent nor impermanent. Impermanent and permanence is another duality. In the world of form or impermanence, people get caught into the illusory hope that there is some kind of permanence. There would be no permanence, not impermanence, without the notion of permanence. That's the human condition. But our true nature is beyond just human beings. In the realm of the essential, there is no permanence or impermanence. There can't possibly be any concept in the realm of the essential. There are no concepts in that realm. Unless, of course, we see that concepts, thoughts, all dharmas, are contents within that realm. They're part of the forms. The concepts are part of the forms. But they have no inherent existence. No dharma 
has any inherent existence, including concepts, thoughts. Now this can all sound very abstract and theoretical, so it's really important to bring it in our meditation practice. It's very, very simple. just this moment. Seeing clearly that this moment is not two. There is just one indivisible oneness made up of consciousness or awareness or whatever you want to call it. Experiencing all the experiences that we've had in our life from the past and what we're having now. Just check it out for yourself. We only know that for ourselves through our own experiencing. just experiencing, which is another name for awareness or consciousness. The whole universe is made up of experiencing. Consciousness lends us its experiencing, its consciousness. We would not be here but for consciousness. Consciousness goes by different names and different traditions. In the Zen Buddhist tradition and all other non-dual traditions, we are not separate from consciousness. talking about lucid dreaming the other day, how some people have this experience of lucid dreaming, where you can be in the dream and kind of like be aware of being in this dream and interacting with other people in the dream, which is a lovely example of how this dream operates. The same the dream that we have when we go to bed at night time, when we experience ourselves in the kind of drama, is occurring in our mind. 
It's the same with dissociation. And anybody who worked in the field of trauma and dissociation and multiple personality identity, dissociative identity disorder, people can have different identities in the one mind and they don't know each other. They don't know what the other one is doing. And then sometimes they can meet. This dream that we live in, in our waking life, is exactly the same. But we're in the dream of God, if you like, or the dream of consciousness. They're all parts of the one mind, the one consciousness. when working with DID it's a matter of bringing the parts together to talk to each other harmonize the Sangha within the same in this dream we can from our realization of non-separation bring that realization into harmonizing relations within the world we don't have to get caught up in the ongoing, never-ending pattern of defense and attack. When we see clearly there is no one to defend and no one to attack, that is all the dream. self-centered dream, only suffering, holding, seeking, resisting the activity of the separate self, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher Life is a manifestation of consciousness. Being just this moment, compassion's way, is the realization of the now. Genuine, the separate self. We don't have to see it as being bad. It's just doing what it does. It can't do anything else other than that. 
It's like the uh, subtitles on the movie screen. They have no idea that um, they're just subtitles on, on, a, on a screen. But the true reality is the screen itself. The separate self, the narrative, the dialogue that we're all identified with can't realize or see the screen. Only the screen realizes the screen. You are the screen. Only awareness realizes awareness. Only consciousness realizes consciousness. When you realize it, you realize it, you know it. You don't have to think about it. It's not an intellectual debate. Zen is not about debating philosophy or anything like that. Debating philosophy can be helpful in its place, but don't let it take over the house. The realization we're talking about, when we talk about these these metaphors of waking up, realization is not about any kind of intellectual realization. Just knowing who you are. Knowing that you can't possibly be anything else other than who you are. And who you are is everything. And everything is who you are. There isn't seamless, no differentiation. It's the realm of the essential, the realm of equality. Oneness. And the realm of differentiation is the realm of form, which is what is manifested, what we experience. Beauty of the world. The love between beings. Please enjoy shifting from fear to love, from separation to non-separation. Enjoy the love, joy, the happiness, peace that we are that we share together. And we can celebrate that.